Hello and welcome to my podcast, WTY. What the youth? I'm Laura and I'm a youth worker and I currently work with 10 to 17 year olds who are at risk of gang crime and knife crime. Over the next few weeks I'm going to be talking to a few youth worker friends of mine who've had their own battles growing up and now help young people to be the best people they can be. We'll be talking openly and honestly about our experiences of youth work and delving into the world around us. I do hope you enjoy it. Please know we will be talking about sensitive subjects, but we may also have some giggles sometimes, because if you don't laugh, you cry in life. This is my attempt at trying to be Stacey Dooley. Please like, share and don't forget to subscribe. I really appreciate you listening. Now let's get into the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's podcast and I think the last of what will be before Christmas. I think I may do a roundup of the year, just me chatting along in between Christmas and New Year because it's been a weird year and I'm sorry for anyone listening who's in tier four and whose Christmas plans have been dashed. Just please look after yourselves and if you need to go home, go home for your own well-being. Please remember that. Anyway, let's be positive. It is Christmas after all. There are many Christmas films to be watched on TV. Um, To pretend that we're out there enjoying the lights. I have to say I'm very lucky I'm tier two. And I know how lucky I am. All my family are tier four. I'm not my in-laws. So, yeah. It's a weird one. Anyways, today we're going to keep the Christ in Christmas. (laughs) And talk to one of my husband's childhood friends called James. And James is a full-time youth worker at a church in Lewis. And he does youth work and he lives and he breathes it. He's also a qualified teacher. And I just thought it'd be good to talk about youth work in churches. I think there's often a lot of stigma around youth work in churches. And actually they do a lot. Where other services have been cut, they sometimes step in. So yeah, it'd be great to have a chat with him. I hope you enjoy. Now let's get into the podcast. Hi James, thank you so much for joining us in the what is the week of Christmas. Keep the Christ in Christmas, as they say. Ha ha ha. <laughs> um, so yeah, today we're just gonna talk, have a little chinwag about youth work in churches. I think there's often a misconception about youth work in churches. And actually churches do a lot for, for youth across the country. Um, and it's not always just based around Christ, it's not all about I think people think if someone goes to a youth work church, they're going to be like Bible bashed and you must do this. You can't do that. And that's just not the case. It may be the case in some groups, but not in all. So can you just introduce yourself? Tell me what you do, who you are, uh, what you like to do in life or outside of work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you firstly, Laura, for having me on the podcast. Um, what the youth? I love it. Um, um, God so, gave me the name, James. It just popped up in a dream. You can't be it. It's, that's the job. It's Straight clever. Clever. <laughs> um, and your jingle as well. Thank Classic. Anyway, someone. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so yeah, I'm James. Um, I, I, I guess I went, you know, went through the school, college system to uni. Plan was to be a PE teacher. Ended up kind of steering away from that, thinking about more general teaching. Did a PGCE, um, most stressful year of my life, but I learned a lot through it. Um, kind of steered from 
teaching into youth work. Um, and yeah, I feel really privileged. I, I was offered a post at King's Church in Lewis, do the youth worker there, which I've I've now been here for just over two years. Um, so yeah, doing church youth work there. Um, and we've got now got a youth group of 24 if every single person turned up that's part of the group. But on an average week, we're currently you know, getting 15, sort of around 15 mark. Um, outside of youth, I love sport. Um, so, you know, watching Brighton Football Club in person, obviously, prior to COVID restrictions, is something that I'd love to do. Yeah, on the weekend when I get the chance to do that. That's that's probably a, a quick overview. <laughs> okay, epic. So you work for a church in Lewis. If anyone didn't know, Lewis is a little market castle town just outside of Brighton. Is that the best way to describe Lewis? Yeah, every time someone asks me where I live, I just say near Brighton. Yeah, near well. Brighton. <laughs> Lewis is lovely. Like I, I would, I'd love to live in Lewis. I, 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 I especially like Bill's, the pancake house there. Um, it's a nice little area. It's a nice little area. Um, but you kind of moved away, didn't you? So you tell me about your your background in terms of how you were a youth growing up in church, growing up, um, because you you lived and breathed youth work as a as a youth yourself, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think um, to I guess I mean yeah, growing up through church, like no church with my parents have always been part of kids work you know part of a kids work group Sunday school um and then obviously joining uh, kind of the main youth I guess I joined I was in uh, Jubilee Church in Worthing from 2013 I was in another one prior to that but I think that's where I probably grew the most into sort of being a youth myself and going to camps like New Day which yeah, for anyone doesn't know is a is a sort of seven to eight thousand people um kind of Christian youth camp, so to speak, in Norfolk showgrounds. Um, but it has all sorts, you know, football tournaments, volleyball tournaments, um, times for worship and prayer and preachers and talks. And, right. As yeah, we've talked about it, let's talk about New Day. Yes, let's do it. Because I love New Day. Um, I think people who aren't Christians may be shocked to hear that there are seven to 8,000 kids that go to a Christian camp in the summer. And it's not it's not the only festival that exists. Lots of others. Sadly, Soul Survivor has now decided to close books. Um, and of course, New Day didn't happen last summer. And it's sadly not happening this summer due to the apocalypse. But New Day is like nowhere on planet Earth. You go and you just feel like you can be you. You know, you camp. You, um, I mean, the boys don't shower. The girls might. I, I personally have wet wipe showers for a week, and that's disgusting. But I am not queuing for a shower, like seriously, and getting a veruca. Yeah, and you know, there is nowhere like a big top. Like some, the way to probably describe the big top is imagine Glastonbury Festival, but with worship music instead. And worship music, we're not talking. Oh, hark! There, old angels sing. We're talking drummers. Uh, 10 bass guitarists but then we're also talking there are also times are intimate whether it's just one guitarist with someone singing yeah. but people come alive and people for a week people I think young people don't have the pressures that they have on the outside world they don't have yeah. to think about 
cannabis or getting drunk. They don't have to think about their social media following. It's just a place where kids get to be kids. Like you see 18 year olds getting excited about having a milkshake again in the cow shed. Um, if it's still there, I've not been for a few years. Or you see like they do drum and bass nights where kids are just going like they don't, they can't get drunk unless they sneaked in. Uh, but that you know, the, the, there's not that element, so kids can just be kids, and I think that's always something looking back because I used to do youth work not on an employee basis, but on a youth work, on a voluntary basis at CCK or Emmanuel, whatever you can call it. And I used to just think, this is what I didn't have that growing up. This is what I would have liked growing up, like knowing that my friends were true friends. Um, you see these relationships develop, and you know that they're the friends that they'll be friends with for life. And yeah. they're not, it's just a place they can be kids. Like, I think youth work on Friday nights, like I think what you do is a, it's a safe space rather than them going to the park or the skate park, which may be okay for some kids, but actually skate park after dark becomes a very different world. It becomes a world where there's drugs, where there's, you know, fights, but that's not going to happen in a youth work hall. Well, rarely it may do, but you've done your risk assessments, of course, for that. Um, but but yeah so how do you think like uh, going with kids that don't know anything about christianity to new day do you think how do you think that they they find new day i, I think it's brilliant uh, you know many many people that many of the young people that go to new day um yeah on, on christians and i i think i think firstly it's, it's a way of them to kind of seeing that you, you can be a christian and still have a lot of fun um you can still have a laugh you can still do lots of things that you would normally do, you know, whether that be having a joke around, playing sports, but I don't know, whatever it might be, food, drink activities, you know, there's loads of stuff they can engage with. Um, I think it also is a bit of an eye-opener, you know, if you're a Christian or not a Christian in the youth to see, actually, there are lots of other kind of young people out there who are Christian and loving life and finding their faith transformational to their day-to-day life. And um, I think for our youth particularly, that's massive because... In Lewis, you know, we're, you know, it's a fairly, compared to some churches, it's a fairly small youth, youth group, like, you know, 15 people on an average week, um, sometimes less, sometimes more. It's, it's not a massive youth group. So for them to come out of, of Lewis, where, you know, not loads of youth, uh, kind of Christian youth um, at school, where you know, a lot of them are often sort of the only Christian in their class, um, feeling a little bit sort of isolated, thinking, you know, I'm kind of doing this on my own. To them, come to New Day and be like, oh, wow, there's, you know, thousands of other Christians like me all around the country and, and other parts of the world as well that come to New Day. Um, I think it's a real encouragement and a boost for them to see, like, I'm not I'm not the only one in this. You know, when I'm getting stick at school for my faith and things like that, I'm not the only one. Like, there's loads of others that are going all out for Jesus and, and that's not stopping them either, like, having stick at school for their faith. It's not going to hold them back because they're actually convinced in what they believe and and they wouldn't change what they believe because you know like we would say ourselves Laura, you know being a christian changed our lives and um i think like you said there's a lot of misconceptions around faith and church youth work and stuff but actually once you've tasted it and seen it and i think new day is, is a week where you can really taste you know some of the best of, of church youth work and i guess christianity in action um it's yeah i think it, i think it would change a lot of people's perceptions and i think like you said for non-christians going um, I think it. I think it really does open their eyes to actually how amazing it can be to be a Christian as a young person, middle-aged person, however old. Yeah, and I think with New Day as well, it's not. 
people might think, oh, you're trying to bring non-Christians in to convert them, and that's not what New Day is about. New Day is about just being accepting, loving people. You know, they're not going to say you're wrong, you're this, because you don't believe. They're just going to be like, come and see what we do. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, well, we'll still pray for you and we'll still let you enjoy. And I think I think that's one of the things I like about it. I think certain churches aren't like that. And I think we all know churches that that do that. And I think, unfortunately, the media in this country focuses on those churches. So and I think that scares a lot of people off church, which is a shame. But most of the churches I know love people just want to love and give like churches do so much giving what does your church do to give back to the community and what have you done as a youth to give back to the community as well yeah so i mean just prior to lockdown we were talking about youth stuff for starters um we we set up a youth club uh so again that was just a a fun sort of open way to to encourage the youth to invite their friends along you know who you know don't have to be christians um, and we had a space where, you know, there's Xbox and pool and table tennis and, and when I say pool, I mean swimming pool, I mean <laughs> sneaker table pool. Um, you wish, James. No, actually, yeah, you don't wish. wish, you hate swimming. Um. Yeah, true. Um, maybe one day we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, there's, you know, what's the, you know, selfie corners, I don't know, other various things going on there, Xbox, like I said. Um, so, you know, that, that was that was your main sort of youth outreach event, as well as, I guess, New Day. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a bit of a bummer when lockdown stopped out. So that was one of the things where you know we we had a, a youth alpha section as well in, in, in as part of that evening. So, but again, that was open. If their friends wanted to come, that they could, and it's more more about faith in an open way. It's just a way of asking the questions they might have, you know, talking openly about those questions. No judgment in what they believe or what question they ask. Um, if they really don't want to do that, they could just play Xbox all the evenings, and that was equally fine. Um, so that was kind of our main youth outreach thing. And then we've been doing a bit of work in local school um, called, with a charity called TLG, which is called Stands for Transforming Lives for Kids. And once a week, um, some of us have been going in to, to spend an hour with a child to basically help, well, you know, play games for some of the session and also do emotional literacy with them for the other part of the session, which is basically, you know, if they've, if they've had a fallout of their friend that week, um, you look at you do an activity with them to help them on friendship, or if they get angry really easily, which you know one of my lads has been struggling with, we've done some activities with them to you know give them some stages and some self help to help cope with their anger, and whatever that might look like. And the school have really valued having that. I think the kids we've been coaching seem to really benefit from it. The parents have been really grateful for our help in that area. Um, and then you know outside of that, we just got our general food banks, and we've given away hampers this year for Christmas. And, um, it's one of the big ones I've probably missed out on. Sounds amazing. That sounds like so many different areas. And I think, I think yeah. churches have taken on a role, like the same with the Muslim faith and the same with the Jewish faith. They've also stepped up to the plate where government is failing people with, with, uh, with budget cuts. All these religions have their role. You know, I know yeah. that uh, Muslim people do a lot of outreach to the homeless communities and they have this whole tithing thing where they have to tithe a certain amount. The Jewish community also reach out. Um, but they're, they're stepping in place for services that are lacking. And I think church youth groups, if more people felt able to go, if there was less stigma, I feel like so many kids' lives would be transformed, not just for knowing Jesus, but just for being safe. So like... I mean, I work in a I work in the industry, 
outside of faith though i do work for a christian charity but it's got very little Christ christianity within it now it's just founded on christian beliefs um things are just cut they're cut and they're cut and they're cut especially in more rural areas places like burgess hill and hayward Heath. the only youth centers are maybe one a week um and you're lucky um and kids are bored kids have nothing to do so when a thing like you're suggesting an open house where it's safe and they've got pool where they've got safe people to talk to that is how youth work used to be before budget cuts you used to have kids every day going down to the local youth center or the local church hall well my dad used to say he used to play badminton in his local youth, yeah, yeah, church hall as a kid like inside he's great at badminton um and that you know you guys offer these services for free whereas other services just don't have the, the building or they don't have the funding like my job's just being cut loads of services are cut so it shouldn't be relied on you it shouldn't be that you pick up everything but actually what an amazing thing you you can do to give back and help others when when others can't and yeah. i hope that more people see and the benefits within the church communities it may be the, the fun they, there should be some funding for you to you know run that wednesday session or whatever it is um but yeah anyways let's yeah. talk a bit about covid and youth work how did i mean we all know that we live in a very low covid area down here we're very lucky we're tier two all the way um <laughs> but you know we were in the first lockdown so how has this year looked in being i mean you're full-time employed with your role being a youth worker in the apocalypse. <laughs> it's um it's been a real roller coaster this year for sure. I think you know, first and foremost, when everyone's chucked into lockdown, all of us youth workers are just thinking, what on earth am I gonna do? I need to keep youth going in some way, but we can't meet. Obviously that's where Zoom, what we're talking over now, has just boomed massively. And I think the first headache was trying to get all the safeguarding approvals in place and for, for parents to sort of be happy zoom and to use some kind of social space so we ended up having an instagram chat for them all to, to to chat within the beauty of instagram is if you're not 13 which is the minimum age for it um you can have a parent controlled youth like child slash youth account so okay. for those under 13 um they're you know for the youth times we had on there uh, all this stuff you wouldn't have known about pre-covid hey james <laughs> Yeah, didn't have a clue. Um, it's all looking at the so, it's all looking at the minute details in youth work this year. Yeah, I know we we had to. So yeah, having having all the youth to be able to engage in that space, and then you know share the Zoom link for our meetings on there. So yeah, mate. So, so throughout the lockdown, we were just connecting on Zoom. So and and again, like you said kind of earlier, Laura, you know, perception is that every sort of youth session in the church is going to be a real sort of heavy Bible study and. You know, although we've done some Bible studies, you know, within every youth session, we always play games at the start because... Got to love a youth work game. Yeah, we've had some classics. Secret Dancer is a personal favourite. I um, haven't heard of that one. Is that is, is, is that one that can only be done on virtual? Well, no, that's that's an in-person one, but then we adapted it to leader of the band, which uh, you can do on, on the screen. But that, it was actually a disaster in the end, so we're never doing that one again on Zoom. In person, it was way better. Um, but yeah, you know, we've, we've done like bingo nights nights you kind of with zoom you get to the point where you think how many other games can i do outside of quiz night and bingo night uh, um i can't remember some of the other things we've done we've done like treasure hunts and things mm. um so that's that that's that day of job i think towards the end of lockdown and particularly the second lockdown where youth get absolutely ended themselves with zoom but um you kind of 
it was we were so grateful we could do in person things again. So yeah, I've been following the MIA, the National Youth Agency, what we can do for in person. So the so the times have come out of lockdown, so we've been able to meet. Technically, we're allowed to be in bubbles of fifteen youth, um, and because we've got a group of about fifteen, it's worked fine for us. So mm-hmm. we're nice. We've had a few more. So you've had sort of split the room in half, so we've played yeah. youth deal or no deal. Um, if anyone's watched. What's that on telly? It's a brilliant game. Again, I'm doing the mis- I feel like it's probably a better game in in in, um, in, in your church than it is on TV. <laughs> Apart from <laughs> you don't actually get money. Yeah. Uh, well, this is the thing, though. This is where you'd be surprised. The, the top prize was a £25 Amazon voucher last week. From you, Jade? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a title or? I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was worried about losing my job because if all the youth won the £25 Amazon voucher, I'd have had a lot of answering to do to my youth people, uh, my um, church leaders. But uh, yeah, we, we've had fun with that. And by splitting the room in half with that, you know, they were able to socially distance things. I mean, sometimes, you know, you're going to have a youth session where the social distancing, you do your best. Well, you know, in their school classes, there's no social distancing oh, going on there. so much. It just doesn't yeah. make any sense. This is why no. it annoys me so much. Uh, it's hard for them coming to youth because they're like we're bundling down the corridors in schools and we're all chatting together like close in a classroom and then they come into youth with all their mates they've just been in school with, but they have to socially distance wear face masks. And yeah, it's just it's hard for them, I think, to come to that space. They just want to let their hair down a bit, and then it feels a lot more restricted. So we try to make it as fun as possible. Um, and you know sometimes if 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 they if the social distancing has failed to a point, you have to just allow a bit of leeway. Otherwise, you know a youth group's there to have fun rather than police it, and we police it to a point. But you know there's certain things you have to let go. Otherwise, it just wouldn't be fun to come to youth. <laughs> yeah, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Um, so yeah. while while we're talking on lockdown. I might as well, I don't think I've said before how my job shifted in lockdown. So lockdown 1.0, as we call it, um, <laughs> Boris's rules were that youth work was not considered a key work, a key worker role, oh, wow. um, which meant that I was not able to go out and see young people. Now, I work with very vulnerable kids. Um, I know that my friends who are social workers, again, were limited on who they could see. It was only the very, very high priority cases they were able to see, which meant things were just going amiss. And I struggled with lockdown 1.0 because the kids I work with very much often on got ADHD or they've got behavioural issues. And them talking on the phone or talking via Zoom just didn't work. Everyone says, I know, oh, but kids love their phones. Yeah, but kids love Snapchat for like 20 seconds or they love like an Instagram post. They don't like just sitting there and chatting. Um, So we tried to adapt it and we tried to do stuff, but it just wasn't really working. So come July, a decision was made with government approval that we were, that certain YMCA services were going to stay on telephone that were working, but WISE and Reboot, which are working with, Wise is sexually ex- exploitation and reboot is criminal exploitation were to go back to doing one-to-one working. So this originally started with us just meeting young people outside. So I've been to so many walks and um, walking to uh, some of my kids live rural. I used to walk to a petrol station with him every week. Um, <laughs> riveting, absolutely riveting. 
but it was better and I was gunning it in and we were only allowed to see like the high rate cases. Then this must have been May time. Then come June, July, we were then allowed to have young people in our car and things started to open up a bit more and it's made the world a difference. Um, of course, gyms and stuff. So we do a lot of diverging activity in effect. Lockdown 2.0, youth workers were allowed to meet. So I did go out this time around and I've been busier than ever. Um, done a lot of KFC drive-throughs. Um, so there wasn't really anything I could do with them. And part of my role is to kind of do youth work, detach youth work. So not going into a park, but like talking about drugs and alcohol while having a KFC. Because if I just sat at a table in a school with a table in between me and a young person, they're not going to want to talk to me. Some may, but 90% won't. So, you know, it's about that distraction. So, yeah, youth work was kind of thrown all over the place. And then due to COVID, our jobs get cut come March, which is a shame, but it's reality funding. We cost about a million pounds a year. I don't cost that, sadly. I wish I did. Um, I'd love a million pounds. Um, but, yeah, that's the reality of youth work. But, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of scrummy. So let's talk a bit about a bit. How did your young people find COVID? I'm not talking in terms of youth work, talking in like being a teenager with no school not 2.0 1.0 covid uh lockdown how did it impact them were you having parents that were concerned on the phone saying can you see my young or how how did it impact them personally yeah no it has done i think since since i've been here um gen you know generally speaking the youth you know have been fairly settled you know you know, some of them obviously struggled with a bit of anxiety and things like that, but that's kind of quite normal, you know, what you'd expect, I guess, for teenagers growing up in this world and with social media and all of that stuff, which we could we could dig into massively if we weren't if we wanted to talk about it. But um, uh, yeah, I, since COVID, it's it's really has affected a lot of them actually. There's there's some you think, you know, if there's any youth that are going, going to come through. This, this COVID season on the phase, it's going to be them. And we've been seeing even those ones like genuinely really struggling, um, you know, with, I guess, anxieties. It's kind of increased with some of them. I think, you know, also like faith has been a struggle for some of them because they're just like trying to figure out how their faith works and all that's going on. And um, that's, you know, some of them have found that difficult. Obviously not being able to see friends has, has been a struggle for a lot of them that kind of rely so heavily on socialising and seeing their mates. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the social media one's one of the biggest ones. Um, I was great. I was grateful that, particularly over some of the lockdowns, some of the youth that are struggling most, um, the MYA kind of concluded after speaking to the, I guess, the government and clarifying on the rules of them, that I was still able to meet with vulnerable young people. And that was youth that I deem vulnerable so there isn't like a hard and fast rule as to who's vulnerable who's not it's like if you think they're genuinely struggling you can meet with them so even over some of the lockdowns I met some of the youth who have been struggling and like you said over a milkshake or something just as a way of catching up with them seeing how they're getting on and trying to you know help them where we can and um, just doing life with them really I think it's what a lot of them need um, but yeah I mean perhaps we could talk a bit about the social media one because I think that's probably that's probably one that everyone's been on even more in lockdown, more than the, you know, 23 hours a day they'd usually be on it. <laughs> it was like the youth are probably living on it even more so now. Um, I, I don't know if, yeah, 
I don't know if you've experienced sort of things of the stuff you've been doing with youth that have been struggling in various ways. Um, hey, yeah. Sorry, in terms of social media or in terms of COVID? Uh, social, social media, I guess. Like, ah, what a, should we go down that rabbit hole? Maybe a little bit. We won't go deep down the rabbit hole. Let's go Let's go into like like the top bit that my dogs would get to if they might put their nose yeah. down there. That's so, yeah, I think social media has transformed in both positive and negatives this country i think sadly from my outlook oh, and i am a social media addict i'm not going to deny it i go on it i scroll i stalk i do not like in real life i don't go around with binoculars but you know i know what's going on don't, don't get me wrong not of the people i see in my job that would be illegal and against confidentiality but you know of my friends you know if they get a new boyfriend I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check. He's not a serial killer. I'm gonna check who his mum, his dad are. Like it's just my duty as a friend. Um, shouldn't be admitting that. Um, but and I think technology has massively helped the elderly, especially during lockdown, and still being able to see family on Zoom and stuff. But I, I, I have very few positives to say about social media with young people. I think that sadly, social media has changed the way we live. We no longer meet up and speak to people. We just sit there on our phones. We've got yeah. girls and boys who are being groomed online. We've got Snapchats that are flashing this drugs. We've got Snapchats that are grooming people by like, I don't know how to put it. So a Snapchat may come up with someone wearing gold chains and flashing cash, which will enable someone to get into dealing. But actually that person is not a real person. That person has hired those cars that day. That person is that is fake cash so it's there's all this dangerous stuff going on you've got girls who are like when i grew up i remember anorexia being a big thing yeah. not self-harm i've talked about this before i think self-harm's massively it's always been there but i think it's had a massive drive in recent years but it was all about being skinny now it's like you need the bum you need but you need to be skinny with a bum and you need this and you need that and it's it's we're creating now the images yes girls could get very skinny by starving themselves which is not healthy but now the image is even more delusional it's like unless you have a bum job or bum injections how are girls going to look like this so you've got girls who are wearing bum pads you've got girls who are starving themselves to get that waist wearing waist trainers which is causing back breaking things you've got bullying you've got i just don't see any goodness in it sadly I think during first lockdown, we were lucky to still have it because I think without social media and technology, it would have been horrific. But I just feel like we've lost, like when I was a kid, like you, I would have gone outside and played every day up until the age of like 13. Now by age eight, everyone's in front of their TVs and iPads. And kids should be able to be kids. I think social media takes away that ability for kids to be kids. Yeah, I mean, in youth, it's like sometimes you, you're trying to encourage them to stay off their phone in our youth sessions, and you think it should be the one hour they're away from it. It's what's so great about New Day. Another, another one of the many reasons what's so great about New Day is you have a whole week with young people. You gen, they're generally off their phones, and they're actually lack of phone signal. Each other. What's that? Lack of phone signal. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, yeah. They're actually having quality time with one another, and you actually get to, you know, get to know the youth over the course of the week in a way that you perhaps wouldn't have done. Um, would yeah, you be so. seen as being the worst youth leader ever if you did like a phone box one evening a month 
or like you can make it fun with like there's like this phone prison have you seen it it's like a cage and you put your phone in and it locks that was fascinating were you shocked when you i was quite shocked when they were talking about how facebook were hiring psychologists in order to work out how to get into people's brains so they were using that they were comparing it to the same as a heroin addict and how that scrolling and the power of the like button how the like button transformed facebook and instagram originally um Because it was like the like, you're like, you know, it's that boost of serotonin. And if you get a downward, like a sad face, that's not okay. I, I thought it was very, well, they're, they're, all I can say is it's corrupt, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And also just, I think, use perceptions on how many how many followers is a good thing, how many likes is a good thing. It's just so warped. Like, they, you know, they said Facebook and things was up in the first place for encouragement, you know. Up a picture, someone likes it. Hey, that's great. It's encouraged someone that day, and I've shared something in my life and whatever. And now it's like, oh, if I don't, I don't know. Some, some of you think like, if I don't, if I get less than a hundred likes, or if I have less than a hundred followers, or less than whatever, like everyone hates me. And it's like, well, no. If you, if you had the twenty people or the ten people that liked your comment in the room, or if you had your hundred followers in a room, that's a lot of people that you're influencing. And it, it's like they just get seen as numbers on a page, and oh, if, I, if I don't get any likes for this, and other people don't like me, and sometimes people probably haven't even seen your post because of the whole social dynamics. No, I mean, often, I, yeah. Yeah. often by mistake, I hit the down thumbs button just because I've got big fat fingers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, James, yeah. it's been a pleasure yeah. speaking to you, and I hope you have a lovely Christmas. Can you tell people? That you're preaching Christmas Day, so in case they feel like a bit of Christmas on Christmas Day, they could tune in, couldn't they, to hear you preaching? Yeah, yeah, they could. There's, uh, I'm recording it live, so uh, it's only a 17 minute talk. I'm just going to talk about how Christmas is relatable. So, how, yeah, just Jesus, you know, he was a very human person. I, I looked at lots of areas how he, was, how he was human and how much you can relate to him in many different ways. And also, maybe provide some hope at Christmas time where. Things like disappointment might like be very real after the government announcement and even loneliness for some people. I've talked a bit about those topics. So, um, yeah, hopefully somebody will find it encouraging. And, yeah, equally, well, thank you so much for having me on the, the podcast. It's been a pleasure to just have a, have a chit-chat about youth stuff, an area that both of us have been involved in quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed it. Cool. Epic. Right, I will see you virtually over Christmas. Yes, <laughs> what a I'm year. All right. Thanks <laughs> All for right, coming on, James. Bye. Cheers, Laura. Hi guys, and thank you for listening to what I think was a bit of an epic conversation. We talked all sorts. We talked social media, we talked New Day, we talked COVID, and I hope you enjoyed it. I just want to say that 
if you've got a young person or if you are a young person, you'd like a safe place to go. Churches are great. Youth works are great. They're not going to shove the Bible down your neck and it's a safe place for you to just be a kid. So I recommend having a little search, maybe your local church youth group and seeing what's about. Um, maybe they do activities. It maybe they do Friday nights. But yeah, know that these places are out there and they'll, they're nearly always free to go to as well. They may have a tuck shop that you pay 50p for, but they're, they're always free. I love youth work in churches and it's where I, my passion for youth work alongside volunteering abroad started. So yeah, I'm so glad you listened and I just want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas or a Merry Covid Christmas or Boris, whoever he is. I just hope that everyone is able to at least smile once when, when things are and everything like that. Anyway, Merry Christmas and Merry Youth Work Christmas, everyone. Love you all. Bye for now. It's been so much fun having you along with us on this ride today. I do hope you'll pop in again next week and I'll be talking to another youth worker about a different topic that we cover in youth work. We do know that all different young people have their own issues and that sometimes things may be a bit sensitive to others. So please be open and honest with the adults around you and your friends and always remember it's better to ask for help than struggle alone. On my page and Facebook and Instagram, you'll find lots of useful links to organisations you can contact to get help. I look forward to continuing the journey with you on this new podcast series, WTY, What the Youth. Bye for now. WTY, What the Youth.